We know when Jesus walked in the flesh, he chose 12 apostles. Then he was crucified and taken by God into heaven. In Acts chapter 1, the apostle Peter talked to them about the replacement of Judas. For the scriptures had said, Judas must be replaced. Judas had committed suicide after betraying Jesus. So who would replace Judas as the 12th apostle? You can read about it in Acts chapter 1. Let's start at verse 1. The former treatise I have made, O Theophilus, and Theophilus means lover of God, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Verse 4, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Jesus had been crucified. He had been raised from the dead, but he had not yet been taken into heaven when they asked him this question. And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. They did not have the Holy Spirit yet. Jesus was still with them, having been resurrected from the dead, raised from the dead, and he was talking to them. And he says, you'll receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Now, we are the same. We receive power after the Holy Ghost speaks to us. We have a power to speak, a power to witness, when the Holy Ghost comes upon us. And he comes upon us throughout our life. All of a sudden, you'll have something And you will say it, and it makes a great difference in the life of that other person when you tell them that which the Holy Ghost told you to tell them. It's not a one-time event that the Holy Ghost comes upon us and speaks through us. That happens on and off as long as we are living on this earth. For example, I was with my favorite aunt 
maybe two years after I had been born again. She's a lifetime Church of Christ member. One day I was talking with her, and the Holy Spirit said to me, to my mind, tell your aunt about being taken into heaven. Ooh, I didn't want to do that. This is a Church of Christ member. They don't usually go around talking about supernatural things, although all things of God are really supernatural. But it was the Holy Spirit who told me to do that. And I had been taught by God to yield to the Holy Spirit, to recognize when the Holy Spirit spoke to me and to do what he said. So he says, tell your aunt about being taken into heaven. So I said, Aunt Artis, I want to tell you something. Shortly after I was born again, in the night, I was asleep and I was transported into heaven. I was with God. I was with Christ. I was with the Holy Spirit. I saw no images. It was strictly a spiritual experience. At that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the word of God. God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. A few nights later, the exact same thing happened to me again. I noticed my aunt's face, and as I talked, she wasn't afraid. She wasn't at all afraid. In fact, she had a dreamy look on her face. She was remembering something. And when I finished talking, my Church of Christ aunt said to me, something like that happened to me once, and it was all golden. Then I knew why we had always connected. We were both of God. She once told me, she said, I always knew you'd never do anything wrong. I was doing everything wrong. She must have seen me by faith. She knew other people in her family were doing things wrong, and they were terrified of her. And yet I I couldn't understand why she was so kind and so so gentle with me. And I lived with her for a certain period of time during the summers. I was never afraid of my aunt. But my cousins were afraid of her, and my mother was afraid of her, and her sisters were afraid of her. But I wasn't. We had the same experience. So Jesus says to the disciples before he's resurrected into heaven, stay at Jerusalem until the promise of the Father comes upon you. Ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they steadfastly looked toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them, in white apparel, angels, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. 
At the end of the world, Jesus will return, and the angels will come and take the elect from off this earth. God will destroy this earth, but he won't destroy the elect. He will remove us before he destroys this earth. Second Peter chapter 3 tells us that, and also Matthew 24. So you can read those two sections of Scripture, especially verses 29, 30, 31 of Matthew 24. So those angels said to the apostles, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So after Jesus was taken into heaven, they returned unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went into an upper room where they abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James, not Judas Iscariot, because he has already betrayed Jesus and has committed suicide. It's just like today. There are many named John today. There were many named Judas in the Bible. But there was only one Judas Iscariot who betrayed Jesus. Well, this Judas that was with him was the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brethren. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, and it says the number of names together were about 120 disciples, men and women. He said, men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity that he got for betraying Jesus. And falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem inasmuch as that field is called, in their proper tongue, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. Someone had to take the place of Judas. Verse 21, wherefore of these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that Jesus was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. So Peter spells out the qualifications that the man must have who is going to take the place of Judas as one of the apostles. 
Look carefully at the qualifications Peter sets forth. First of all, it had to be someone that kept company with them all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us. Beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that Jesus was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. So many churches teach that Paul is the last apostle. Paul fit none of these qualifications set forth in the Bible by Peter for the one who would replace Judas. He had to have been someone who kept company with the twelve apostles. From the time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. Paul was persecuting the church and sanctioning the killing of Christians and was catching Christians and taking them to the high priest and putting them into prison. Paul didn't fit the qualifications to take the place of Judas as an apostle. Verse 23, and they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knoweth the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen to replace Judas, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. See how wrong this is, the teaching that Paul was the last apostle? He wasn't. Matthias took the place of Judas. What about Paul? From heaven, after Jesus went into heaven, he established the New Testament church. They had had priests in the Old Testament and prophets. Throughout the Old Testament, you'll read of the priests and the prophets. But in the New Testament church, it was set up completely different from the Old Testament. Jesus was the sacrifice for sins. The ministers in the New Testament Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11, 12. Jesus gave gifts unto men. He gave ministers to the New Testament church from heaven. He called them from heaven. He taught them from heaven. Paul says that he was taught by God, not by men. I believe he named three years that God taught him and prepared him for the ministries to which he was appointed, which were apostle, preacher, and teacher. Now, preacher is not one of the offices. The offices appointed by Jesus from heaven were apostle, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edification of the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. From heaven, Jesus appointed the following to be ministers of the New Testament church. 
apostles, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. One of the churches I attended as a new Christian was a church called Word of Faith. They professed to believe that the ministers were apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, just like the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4. No, there are no archbishops or cardinals or popes or what do they call them in England, the ministers, they don't call them pastors, a vicar, a vicar. That's not in the Bible at all. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4. For some strange reason, the Church of Christ says it's wrong to be called a pastor. This makes no sense from the standpoint of the Bible. I went to a little church of Christ one time, even after I was born again, and the minister, I called him pastor, and he said, oh, no, we're not called pastor. And then I remembered the Church of Christ training at my aunt's church years before. They did not call their ministers pastors, but that's what God called them. I mean, this makes no sense. We go by the New Testament Bible. Without the New Testament Bible, what would we know? We we wouldn't know. But it sets the rules for the New Testament church. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave gifts unto men. He gave some apostles, some apostles, not one apostle, Multiple apostles, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body, Christ. Those are the New Testament ministers established by Jesus from heaven. What about Paul? Paul was persecuting the church catching the disciples who called themselves by the name of Jesus, taking them to the high priest to be put in prison. Some were killed. And Paul gave his consent unto the high priest and to the killing of the Christians. He's on the road to Damascus, Acts chapter 9. And the purpose of going to Damascus was to try to catch the followers of Jesus so he could take them back to the high priest to put them in prison and kill them. When all of a sudden, a bright light shone around the group he was traveling with, and a voice from heaven spake, to Paul by the name Saul and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? They saw no man. They just heard a voice from heaven. I've heard a voice from heaven many times, haven't you? I heard a voice from heaven when I was born again, saying, Joan, you know All those mistakes you've been making all these years, those weren't mistakes, those were sins. God revealing this to me, simply by bringing it into my mind. I didn't hear an audible voice. It was just brought to my mind by God. So Saul, Paul, heard the voice of Jesus calling his name. I heard him calling my name, Joan, Joan. You know these mistakes you've been making? 
I even heard the voice of Jesus much earlier. I had attended church when I was about four years old with my favorite aunt. We got to the church and we went in and we sat down and some man began speaking. And he called my name, Joan. And I answered, yes. My aunt was, of course, horrified. She got me quiet, and the preacher went on. But like the child Samuel was called by God, I was, even at the age of three or four. It was when I was 37 God spoke to me and told me the mistakes I had been making all these years were actually sin. Haven't you been called by God? I know Pam Padgett has. She was shown that if she died that minute, she would go to hell. It was a voice from heaven that she heard. My mother heard a voice from heaven, and she was changed. This is what born again is. It's not usually an audible voice. It can be a little confusing because as a three- or four-year-old child, I thought the preacher was calling my name at the Church of Christ, and I answered. I heard Joan, Joan. And I said, yes, and my aunt hushed me up. But it's just like Samuel. If you read the story of Samuel in First Samuel, he didn't recognize it was God talking to him. He thought the priest was talking to him, First Samuel, but it was God. So Acts chapter 1, verse 26, they had to replace Judas. They gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. Paul was not the 12th apostle. Paul was the first of one of the New Testament apostles chosen by Jesus from heaven, taught by God. Let's read that over there in Galatians 1. Start at verse 1. Galatians 1. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. Verse 3. Grace be unto you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Paul is going to show them the way of God. And in doing so, he reveals something to us today. Verse 10 of Galatians 1. Paul says, Do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it from man, neither was I taught it by man, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Haven't you 
heard words from God that taught you the truth of the gospel? One of the early revelations I had was Matthew chapter 24. I received this from God. He opened my eyes to understand what Jesus was talking about. Let's look briefly at Matthew 24. Start at verse 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Upon first reading this, I thought he meant they were going to come saying they were Christ. But what Jesus is saying is, they will come saying, I, Jesus, am Christ. And because they say that, they will be in a position to deceive many. Don't let them deceive you. There will be many false preachers, false pastors, false prophets. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that they not deceive you. Because they will come saying, Jesus is Lord. And because they say that, they'll deceive many. That's one of the first revelations that I received from God was the deception that would come in the ministry. Then later in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, God showed me something. This concerns the end-time church. Start at verse 3 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Let no man deceive you by any means, says Paul. For that day of the Lord shall not come, except there come a falling away first. Jesus won't return to gather the church until first there come a falling away. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now for years the churches have taught that Antichrist was one man who would come through governments of men like Napoleon he was one of the people thought to be Antichrist. I'm sure many people thought Hitler was Antichrist. One woman said, no, Antichrist comes speaking peace. Well, so did Hitler. You just don't know his history. First thing he taught was, I'm going to protect Poland. I'm going to protect Czechoslovakia. I'm going to protect the other nations. But his real intention was to destroy them. So Paul said the day of Jesus, he won't return for us to gather us until first there's a falling away and the man of sin be revealed. Now what is this falling away? As I was reading that in 1982, God began speaking to me about this falling away that was going to come. And God said, 
the falling away spoken of by Paul was not people leaving the churches. The falling away were the churches leaving the scriptures. And the minute they fell away from scripture, Antichrist would move in and sit in that church group. For Antichrist is not a man, but is a spirit. The Apostle John tells us that in 1 John chapter 4. Start at verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit. Devil is a spirit. Believe not every spirit. But try the spirits, whether they are of God. God is a spirit. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world, hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Antichrist is a spirit that dwells in some men who deny scriptures and things of God, though they call themselves Christians. They're in the churches today. It's all over today. This had to come before Jesus could return. You can compare these scriptures and see that. 1 John chapter 2 verse 18. John is speaking to his church group and he says, Little children, it is the last time And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. As long as John was there in the church, he could keep Antichrist from speaking. And we know by verse 19, they went out from us, but they were not all of us. For had they been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. They couldn't take over the church because John wouldn't have allowed it. Paul wouldn't have allowed it. But what they did was went out and started denominations and led people to follow them and cast away doctrines of Christ stated in the Bible and set up other churches by other means of their own will, calling their preachers what they wanted to call them, casting aside the names apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers in many cases and calling themselves vicars and archbishops and popes and all that, which is not of God and not in the Bible. That's a spirit of Antichrist. John died and Paul was getting ready to die and Paul said, to the elders of the church at Ephesus, that they would see his face no more. He was going to die. And here's what Paul said to them, Acts chapter 20, verse 16. For Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia, for he hastened if it were possible for him to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church 
at Ephesus. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind, and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my, my life dearer to myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Verse 25, And now, behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Verse 29. For I know this, that after my departing, shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also, of your own selves, of the elders, shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Paul knew they were just waiting to take over at Ephesus waiting till he was gone, for he wouldn't have allowed it. But after Paul departed, they would stand up among the elders at Ephesus and speak perverse things, twisted things, things not according to God, set up their own denominations, named the preachers what they wanted to call them, calling them reverend and such things as that, trying to make them holy in the sight of the people. There's no such thing as a man called reverend anywhere in the Bible. That's a title man has given preachers. And it says, holy and reverend is God's name. Neither do they have clothing where they wear collars and robes and big hats and things like that. The New Testament preachers, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher are appointed by Jesus from heaven for the ministry of the church, for the edifying of the church till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, Ephesians chapter 4. They've added all of these things, fleshly things, to the churches to make people feel religious by their own flesh, by the flesh of other men. 
when Jesus comes, you know what will happen to the Antichrist churches? You can read about it in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. When Jesus comes to gather the elect of God, he will deal with the Antichrist churches, both the ministers and the followers of Antichrist who have taken Antichrist doctrine into their own hearts. We all have Bibles. Everyone can read it. But some people are blinded by God to their own damnation. That's what this scripture says. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed when Jesus comes, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even his whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness in the churches. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion. You can't bring them back because God has brought a strong delusion on them. One time I was at the beauty shop and a woman was talking to me about Church of Christ. And she said, we go by the Bible. And I said, yeah, well, what about 1 Corinthians 14 where Paul said, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. She said, well, we do that. I said, you speak in tongues at the Church of Christ? Well, I mean, she was so deluded, you couldn't talk to this woman. I've met several that can't be talked to because they're so twisted by the devil and deluded by the devil in their churches. All right, it says, when Jesus returns, because they refused the love of the truth, that they might be saved, which is in the New Testament Bible for all of us to see. But yet we know people that absolutely refuse the love of the truth to be saved. They're Antichrist. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I was speaking to a woman named Lily McBride years ago. She went to one of the faith movements, and I was speaking some truth to her, and I said, uh, Lily, read verse 12 of this chapter, Second Thessalonians chapter 2. So she started reading that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness, verse 11, and for this cause God shall send them strong delusion. She had no idea God was going to be sending the strong delusion until she read verses 11 and 12. And she just nearly dropped the phone. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned to believe not the truth of the Holy Bible, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I was sitting in a church, non-denominational church one time years ago when I was hunting a church to attend. The pastor got up and was teaching, and he began speaking about 
John chapter 8, where the woman was caught in adultery and brought before Jesus. And the pastor said, When she was brought before Jesus, she was naked from the waist up. I was shocked. I know that's not in the Bible. I grabbed my Bible and just reread it. And it's not there. He just made that up. I looked around the room. There were about 200 there that night. One of them was a contractor that had done some work for me. He was one of the elders at that church. I saw these men with very lustful looks on their face imagining a naked woman. Nobody was picking up a Bible to read it. The next day, I called this pastor and talked to him. I said, I cannot find what you spoke about the woman being taken in adultery and being naked from the waist up. I can't find that in the Bible. And I would like you to tell me where it is. He said, well, I can't remember where it is in the Bible. I said, now this is very important to me. I would appreciate it if you would look it up. Tell your secretary where that is in the Bible. Have her call me and tell me. He got very quiet, and then he screamed out at me, All right, it's not in the Bible. Where do you go to church? Well, the point was I was trying to find a church to go to. But I'm not going to go to a church where the pastor speaks lies to the congregation. Sadly, I've seen that many times. I was horrified. I was so upset. Then God explained to me that what I was seeing was Antichrist in the churches in the end time days. It was the falling away that was ordained to come to the churches, the great apostasy at the end of the world. And after that, I didn't have the level of anger that I had before because it was going to come and it was all ordained by God. Paul said it, that Jesus wouldn't come until first this falling away happened and Antichrist was revealed. That comes in the last days. We have seen it since the day of Paul when the men, the elders in the church at Ephesus spoke perverse things. And John spoke about it in 1 John. And Jesus warned us about it in Matthew 24. Let no man deceive you. We all have Bibles. Prove your doctrine by the Scriptures. Not just one Scripture. Comparing Scripture with Scripture. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.